All right, welcome back <clears throat> to Rosenballs. Rosa, what? Rosenballs. Um, just want to, you know, obviously go on a few rants here because obviously, as many know, I'm a big uh, Boston Celtics fan. And, uh, you know, what direction these franchises are going. Um, I kind of want to talk about the two historical franchises, the Lakers and the Celtics. On this pod, what each should really think about doing, what the what the real issues are, uh, and that. So, <clears throat> I think one of the things to start with is a couple of like tenements into GMing. Okay, first tenement is just in general as a team, the worst place to be is in purgatory, right? And this is a lesson in life. Like you don't just want to be stagnant. Um, at a certain point, you have to have good self awareness. And kind of be honest with where you're at, right? Um, so let's hit on that component for a second. Um, you know, the, the Celtics, I think, the last, you know, under Brad, they kind of you know, went to the conference finals what, three to the last four years <clears throat> and constantly were matched up with LeBron. LeBron leaves. They figured they could get the, the conferences there. As Brooklyn becomes hot, they have a few injuries here and there. But the Celtics seemed really on the precipice of needing to make the next step again. Their, their two best players were so young. Um, well, and, you know, I think they also had elements of bad luck with Hayward injury and, uh, you know, a few other injuries as well, right? So I don't think... Um, you know, the, what... what Anything is, is so strange to think that, you know, they had the mentality to, you know, want to want to push it. I think you, you look back, they did the right signings every step of the way. I think the only, you know, quasi-mistake that they did in recent memory, they made, made a few. One is you don't want to lose assets for nothing. So, you know, the whole Hayward thing was completely misplayed by Danny Ainge. They could have had Turner. That was a big one. The second thing was not understanding uh, two things. A, just a bad read in the Al Horford situation. So Al Horford was immensely critical to Boston's success years ago. Um, obviously, when Tatum and, and Brown took off, um, that's obviously a big deal. But one of the real, real pillars or elements of their success was clearly um, Al Horford. And I think he was a matchup problem for Philly in those series. He spaced, could pass. He was just a perfect five for today's NBA. And Danny Ainge misplayed that. I think Philly realized he was a pain in the ass to them, so they just stole him uh, in free agency. Not really a steal, they just overpaid. Boston loses him, as we know, and then they it's not enough to make up with that with the Kemba Walker signing. So that whole debacle was, was a huge minus. You lose Horford. You replace him with, like, Daniel Tice, which doesn't get it done. And then you have Kemba Walker. I think if they were able to keep Horford, even with Walker, they probably beat the Heat in that bubble series. Um, and I think they make the finals. And I think they have a competitive series with the Lakers. I really do. So that was a big – that whole debacle was big. And then obviously they, you, you kind of double down on it by losing Hayward for nothing. Fine. So now they're a situation – where the question is, are they in purgatory or not? Okay. Um, what, what I would say is, 
the, the coach kind of, it's not whether they're, you know, are they stagnant because they made the conference finals and all that. I think there's, they went away from things that worked. So they misassessed things that worked. So as an example, um, one of the things that was there was really important for them was starting Tatum as a small ball four with a five. So even the last few years, when um, when they were successful, it was it was always Tatum small ball four, defensive minded five, right? So I think part of the thing was just a complete misassessment of what actually did work, which was that component. So like, why are you starting two bigs? Any team that starts two bigs in the NBA today is just a dinosaur team. No team should be starting two bigs. In fact, go around the NBA, most teams are not starting two bigs. And if they are, it's because one of the bigs really plays like a perimeter talent. The only team that does is Atlanta, who has, I would say, Collins and Capella. The only good team, I would say, that does is Atlanta. Okay? But Collins is really a, a perimeter big. Horford's not. Horford's a center. And you're starting him with Robert Williams. That just doesn't make any sense. So I think, like, there's... You know, so I don't think they're purgatory. I, I just think there's obvious changes in the lineup. Talent-wise, it should be improving. What about the Lakers? The Lakers did the right move. I think Frank Vogel, even though they were signing an abundance of veteran centers, okay, um, you know, Vogel at least um, understood that they need to go small. They need to play LeBron at the four and Melo at the four and, and have defensive mind of five next to them, whether it's DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, whoever. Um, so they got it. So the Lakers actually, the issue the Lakers in the past was not adjusting. And, of course, playing Anthony Davis at the five is, is key. Sorry, that's the most important guy. You play Davis at the five, LeBron at the four. I think that was that was the big key. So that, that's actually a flip. Boston is going regressing, just making old school lineups, and I got to blame the coach for that. Uh, where the Lakers are not, the Lakers are actually doing advanced you know, lineups the way they should be fine. So, the I don't think that neither team is in purgatory. Not, both teams are not in a situation where like they have to make a massive change, like a crazy, like trading one of their best players in order to get out of the funk. Okay, that's the first thing. The second major element. So, one tenement again. Are you in purgatory? So, no, I don't think they are. I think both teams do, don't have to make a major change to go to the next level. They're not in purgatory. They're just, you know, some roster adjustment thing there. Okay. The Lake, and the Lakers thing, by the way, is just a health thing with, with Anthony Davis, right? If you have – and him playing at, at an elite level. So, you know, can you get Davis back? Can he play at an elite level? Then you're good. What's the second thing? Second thing is are you accurately assessing your, your weaknesses and addressing them? So let's go back to the drawing board there, right? So Boston, I think before the season started, mis-evaluated their weakness, okay? They realized, well, I, I would say maybe not. They realized first, yeah, Kemba was a weakness, okay? He was a huge defensive liability, and um, he lost some mojo or athleticism and couldn't get to the rim anymore and couldn't create for others, okay? But... What they misevaluated was like, who's the right guy to have? Well, you want to have a guy who's not a defensive liability, who could get to the rim and create for others. Where they misevaluated was they didn't solve the issue. So they knew Walker wasn't great, but they didn't 
sub him with someone that actually makes sense. And there are opportunities too, right? Like, like Lonzo Ball, we talk about, but even like Ricky Rubio, who's killing it now in Cleveland, is like a stopgap solution. Something on Marcus Smart. So again, poor, um, poor evaluation. Right? You needed you needed a rim attacking uh, point guard, and and they didn't get it. And the other thing too is like, look. You could play with an off-the-ball point guard like a Marcus Smart or like, you know, these Patrick Beverly types, basically guards who defend well their position but are more like off-the-ball, if you will, right? All that could have worked if Tatum and Brown are going to improve as playmakers. Were they showing signs of that? No, not really. So that's another, I would say, pretty decent issue. Okay? Neither one of their premier talents. And that's fine. They are who they are, but neither one is really someone who um, can create offense. You really want them more off the ball. The more on the ball they are, the more ISO it is, the less other players are getting involved. What's the issue with the Lakers? It's not complicated when you have AD and LeBron. Okay? It's shooting, shooting, and more shooting. And and Rosenblatt will, will, will say this, and, and I will reluctantly agree in the end. One of the big misses the Lakers did was when they moved off from Danny Green. So they clearly had shooting with LeBron and AD, but Green missed a couple of big shots, was wide open, and they kind of overrated a couple of big misses. Like, it was a constant thing, which it wasn't. So as a result, they moved him, which I think they needed. I do think they need, like, a third score off as a sixth man, which Schroeder is, but not instead of uh, a 3 and D wing, which they desperately need. So they misevaluated that, right? Um, and then when they picked up Westbrook, they, they doubled down on the misevaluation, basically. Or like, you, there was no need for Westbrook. In what world is Westbrook needed? No, not at all. In fact, um, they probably would have made some more sense with Kemba Walker, quite plain, frankly, because he could play off the ball. But they just need guys who could shoot. They need like a bunch of George Hills. George Hill would make sense for them. Wes Matthews, you know, they lost him. He, he was fine. That wasn't the issue. So that's part of the stuff with the Lakers. And again, with the Southerners, is attacking uh, point guards. So the question for both is what the, what do they do from here? So if you're Boston, there's a couple issues. First off, to get out of this at least like feeling of purgatory, there's a, a small thing they can do. And, and again, like they'll at least be able to develop their youth better, and then figure that out um, as well. So they got to re- they got to get rid of Schroeder and Richardson. Those are the two guys. Now, in removing them, your goal is to get a young rim attacking point guard. But like, you're dealing crap. No one's going to take that back unless you want like Markel Fultz, which I got attacked for suggesting. There's no point guard out there, you know, that you're going to. You're going to be able to grab, quite frankly. So you just want to move them for the sake of moving them. That, that's the honest truth. Um, now, again, together they're making about $16 million. And, and teams can use them. There's going to be teams that are like, stop. And like, I would look back for a stopgap point guard. I would give a stab at that, like, maybe I would retain them. I don't want to go for a crazy deal yet. I'm not there. But 
The question is, does another team have like a point guard like that where those two guys make sense? I know it's going to sound crazy. I'm uh, thinking out loud here. I don't know. I, I would look at, I'm not saying these deals are perfect by any means. You, you should get other pieces for it if you're Boston. But here, here are the, the guys you can get. So you can move those two guys, a minor asset. Now you're in Goran Dragic territory. All right, that's one. Which, again, like, kind of a stopgap move. Um, I don't know if that's enough. And you could argue, like, what's the point of that trade? Dragic doesn't get other guys involved. Okay, yeah, fair. Um, but the purpose of doing the trade, first of all, you got to start either Naismith or Langford. They got to go back to Tatum at the four. So basically, your goal is to have Horford, Tatum, Brown. Give me Langford or Naismith, whichever one you like better, quite frankly. Um, penetrating point guard. And then off the bench, you bring in Pritchard, Smart, other young wing. Uh, and Robert Williams. And you run a nine-man rotation. That's what you do. Hernan Gomez does not play. Okay? You might throw Grant Williams as your 10th man, depending on the lineups and stuff. He could play. And that's it. So ninth with an asterisk, maybe 10th. You run a lot of wings in the 3 and D wings. And that's fine. That's what you do for Boston. And Smart would be fine off the bench. Like, he doesn't need to start to be successful. So now, again, you go Schroeder, and you want to condense them. Schroeder and... and Josh Richardson get a pure point guard. A guy you're only playing a point guard. So back to it, like who in that role works. <coughs> um, so Drogic's one option. Marco Fultz is still in there. Um, I mean, I know they don't sound great, but I think it makes a big impact. All right. So another question is again, like back right back at it. Who? Who's the point of the boss again? So we have Goran Dragic and Fultz. These options aren't great. We, we can acknowledge that. They could go, I think, a, a stupid risk. You go after Colin Sexton uh, and just ride him out, give him a shot. It's going to require picks. Again, he's supposed to be selfish, so probably not a great move. But they have about the $16 million, and it's just an awkward thing. But they're better off just removing these guys to allow for Pritchard, Naismith, and Lakeford to play. That's the bigger problem right now. So those guys aren't playing. Um, yeah, and you could be clever about it, too. Like, if you want to try some guys who could play point guard, maybe it works. Um, D'Anthony Melton, ah, you're not going to get much, unfortunately, for it. Here's the crazy thing. I'm going to actually concede this. This is going to sound insane. The perfect type of point guard for Boston right now is actually, this is so, I can't believe I'm saying this. I thought about it. Is Derek Rose. He'd be perfect Right now, if the Knicks decide to go the other way, maybe. But like, he would actually work out really, really well. Um, Eric Bledsoe's another guy. Again, these options are not great. Celtics don't have that many ways. Um, unless, again, is there like a point guard out there that's just in the wrong situation that you can just grab? That's the question. Um, who another team sees as like kind of a slight that you could take advantage of. Do you overpay and go after like a Derek White? Again, you're going to need to throw in picks. So that's another option. They can combine those two guys, add picks, and, and then get someone you really like. Or you say, you know what? 
We're going to see someone who can handle, get it to the rim. Doesn't need to be the prettiest thing. Um, the, the best way right now is probably through the draft. But that's Boston's thing. Just have to get rid of those two guys. That's it. Figure, find a home for them. And honestly, even if it's not a point guard, they can get a wing back, one wing or a uh, lengthy forward or whatever, and it would work. Let's flip it. Let's go to the Lakers for a hot second. So the Lakers, the only guys that have value for them is uh, THT. And, and like they have a late, late first. THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, has value. Um, I think he's he's definitely a rotational player on a contending team. So he's a guy you probably want to bring it off the bench. Almost in that Jay Crowder mold. Almost. Play a little three and four. And actually, I was thinking about this out loud, right? But like, Boston and L.A., who says no to this? Rondo and Tucker for Richardson, um, Pritchard, and you know what? I'll, I'll even throw you a Romeo Langford. Like, that's actually a deal. And for Boston, you do it, you know, you throw, um, you, you continue starting smart, I guess, and hope the situation just improves. But now you can really go small ball. And you basically have Tucker as your backup to Tatum slash Brown. Right? So so if the Celtics did it, then you could start Rondo, give him a little respect as a starter, which actually is interesting. I, I might do that. I might start Rondo, play him like 15 minutes, give him some respect. I uh, hope he teaches players on the floor. But you go Rondo. I know it sounds crazy. Rondo, Naismith, Brown, Tatum, Horford. And then off the bench... You go Pritchard, Smart, um, Tucker, Robert Williams. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it for both teams. I think, you know, Avery Bradley's done. These guys are done. Like, the Lakers could totally use Romeo Langford. They have no use for Rondo. Let him retire as a Celtic. That'd be fun. Let him start. You know, he'll get some action there. He'll kind of like... I think it'd be a good mentor. I don't know. I don't hate this idea. I think they need. A, I think it's something like a stopgap solution. And unfortunately, there's not a talent there that exists. So instead of getting a talent, just get a guy in Rondo who could demand respect from some of the players, call them out when necessary, and explain like, look, you know, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give it to you the spots you need, but and, and handle the ball and all that, which Rondo can do, obviously, but kind of be a coach on the floor that they kind of need. And it's not smart. Smart's not that guy. I like this idea a lot. Rondo coming back to Boston. You get Tucker. I mean, it's a great rotation. And then the hope for Boston is like, look, they learn the right things. Maybe Pritchard could assume a starting role soon. And then, you know, you, you showcase Smart. And then you, you, you play it back. Maybe in the, in the playoffs or someone available. I don't know. But you, you at least punt it to the playoff, to the through the playoffs, you hope they could make a little run. I don't know. Let's see what it's worth. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of Celtic Rondo here. I think I think it's a good one. And for the Lakers, I think it's a great trade. I think Richardson gives them a lot of value. He's been playing pretty well. Um, 
Schroeder knows the system. You can start to come off the bench. It's fine. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it totally works. And for the Laker fans out there, they're gonna be like, "Whoa, Taylor Horton Tucker's the man. He, he needs more value than this. He's not that valuable. You don't need to set the pick to Boston. You're getting three rotational talents who fit. And look, maybe Naismith goes to set a lake for that's a little much, but maybe Pritchard goes whatever. There's a, there's a fit there. I don't know. I think it, I think it works. I think that totally works.